0: Coming to you from the foothills of Los Angeles, it's time for In My Voice with actress, voiceover artist, director, and coach, Kathy Grable. With over 20 years behind the mic, Kathy brings you a unique perspective of working VO actors whose voices you'll know, but their stories you probably don't. Now sit back and enjoy In My Voice. If you're a fan of pop culture, you've probably heard of Gilmore Girls, or at least seen an episode or two where you could not have missed our next guest, Rose Abdu, who plays the consummately quirky auto mechanic Gypsy. But she's been a working actor in Hollywood for decades in everything from Parenthood to Scandal to That's So Raven and lots more Disney Channel shows. Frankly, She's just an interesting and very, very funny lady. Thank you so much for coming on today, Rose. Sure. Happy to be here. And everyone who is listening, Rose is truly as funny as you can imagine, um, as you see her in the roles, but she also has the best heart and just... The greatest gal, so Thank I'm just you, thrilled Jennifer. to have you on. Thank and you. also, Rose, since we have met, I just I don't think we've ever talked about, but I have to tell you, I am the biggest Gilmore Girls gypsy fan. My I husband didn't know that. Yeah, my husband and I watched it before we were we had kids, and then while the kids were growing up, I have to say. It was just part of our life. And when the Netflix release of the four episodes came out, it was work on finals and college apps or watch the Gilmer Girls. It was like a big deal in our house. I love and, that. And so it was also incentive to get their homework done and their apps done. Oh, and good all reward that stuff. system. And I, I rewar- love that the timing
1: of the Netflix revival was so perfect because I remember they did it over the Thanksgiving weekend, which I thought right. was so great to have people together and they could watch their yeah. families. And that was really smart of them.
0: Yeah, it really was. Um, but that's just, and it's, of you know, of all the people that I've interviewed or just worked with or anything, I, I just have to tell you, Rose, that I said, well, I'm going to be talking to Gypsy, you know, Gilmore Girls today. And they're like, seriously, really? I mean, they were wow. more- I love they that. Were, <laughs> they were like- <laughs> Cause you know when you're in this business, it's kind of your kids are usually like, I have yes. presented an award or whatever. I'm like, you know, we're gonna they got you guys seats. <sighs> Do we have to go? You know, I mean, it's kind of like. <laughs> Listen, so you are way high on the anything that can make you be cool to them is good by me. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I don't have ch-
1: I don't have kids, but I love all my friends' kids are like. It's interesting what they gravitate towards. And I love Gilmore Girls because so many people watch it with their kids. And now I meet people who say, I watched it with my mom and now I'm watching it with my daughter. So it's just become like a generational thing.
0: It has. I mean, that's one of the things that was so so great about it. And then I have to ask you too, do you live in the La Crescenta, La Cunada area? You know,
1: I live in Glendale. So I it's very close.
0: And I can't remember if we said hi, because right after we moved up to this area, which reminds me of the town in Gilmore yes, Girls, which so was-
1: cute. Like, I think Montrose kind of looks like a little Star's Hollow vibe. Doesn't you know?
0: it? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? And I remember you were in line at Froyo, and it was just funny because we had just moved up here, and I think we'd met before- but it's like you were gone before that. And I thought, oh, this is so weird. Like it hit me because I was oh, like, this feels funny. like Stars Hol- <laughs> Hollow, you know? Um, <laughs> I love so it. that was fun. But let's start at the beginning. Okay. You're not from LA, right?
1: No, I was born in Detroit.
0: Okay. And tell us a bit about your artist journey. So I was born in Detroit.
1: I went to Southfield High, which is a suburb of Detroit. And I did, you know, the high school plays and I was Miss Adelaide and Guys and Dolls. And I was, you know, and and we went to um, forensic competitions. So we won. yeah. Yeah, we were really, I mean, Southfield High put on, they used to invest so much money in their productions and we were really We had a great theater department. I was Eulalie mckechnie Shin in The Music Man. Oh, I love it. (laughs) It It's just really fun. So I remember my high school teacher, who's 93 years old. She still Mm. lives in Southfield, Michigan. And she said, we used to have this cookie sale every year, I think at Christmas, to raise money. And she sent me a cookie. You could send a cookie to somebody in a class. And, and there was oh. this little cart, um, construction paper, little tree that came with it with any message that you wanted. So people would send it to their crush or, you know, somebody. Right, teacher. yeah. So I got one from my drama teacher and it said, go little trainee into the world and spread the good word about theater. I get choked up even when I think oh about it. Oh my gosh. And man. I thought, this is her way of telling me. And maybe it was, well, I mean, no, she might've just, just said that, but I said to her years later, that was so meaningful to me. And I thought, she means that I've got what it takes to do this for a living. Like, I just thought it was like a message from her. So I got to Michigan State. I thought, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to be an act. I mean, what are you going to do, be an actress? So I was at Why? Michigan State and I thought, you know what? I'm going to be a telecommunications major because I had such a fascination with Barbara Walters and, you know, Christiane Amanpour. I thought I want to be the lady who's got the trench coat and the microphone and I'm announcing very important things from lands far away. That's all Mm -hmm. I knew. Foreign correspondent. So Kathy, I was at Michigan State trying to register for classes and the lines were so long. And then I I was, what? I'm not standing in line for three hours to get Stand in line. 46,000 kids and they had those punch cards with the hanging chads, like the Oh, yes, yes.
0: And you'd line
1: up and I thought, I'm gonna miss lunch at the dorm to stand in line to wait for telecom class. So I always tell people, I'd look over to the theater table. There was no line. So I just kept taking (laughs) classes. So I tell people really, doing this, like it was a hobby when I was a child, but doing this as a career was my hatred of waiting in (laughs)
0: line. It kind of pushed me towards theater. Unfortunately, I just had a friend who's a professor um, in a theater department, you know, that I'd worked with professionally. And then she's gone that route now in the last few years and gotten her, you know, her masters and all that yeah. and she said it's it's really sad now because of of the whole covid thing like these kids theater degrees and going out into the world where yeah. they're it's shut How down and do they do it they can't do anything yeah I mean, it's, it's
1: really that's really something i mean when i see that when i think of like at that age you should just be like just doing plays and you know auditioning for things and going i mean it's such a Talk about a field where you're always with people face to face and touching right. everything, everything about it. That's why I was so surprised there were a couple productions in Chicago that tried to happen when we were still pretty much in lockdown. And I was like, it's the, you're with people in the lobby, in line, right. in the audience, on the stage backstage, you're just kind con- there's no way to social distance and do theater properly.
0: Oh, I know. To do it properly. Wow. I, I totally agree. And I'm glad that we have some, in fact, that's one of the reasons I started doing this because I was like, what can I do? You know, yes. that that put on a show, let's do it. You know, that fun feeling and, yes. and to be honest, voiceover always reminded me of theater. Yes, And so I was like, okay, what can we do? But I agree like that you know, when I got into theater and we both m- met at William Morris Endeavor at the time. And I remember one reason I want obviously good, wonderful place, wonderful agent. Um, but I remember thinking our agent, uh, we worked with a lot liked actors. And I yes. remember thinking someone had Oh, someone had mentioned I didn't get into this business to stand alone and talk into a mic.
1: Yeah.
0: And they liked us coming in and doing all that. And I remember just, oh gosh, there's camaraderie here. Cause it was already before COVID going into that record from home type of thing. Right. I, so to be honest, I think for all of us, you get a little used to certain things and you go, I don't know if I want to go completely away, but my goodness, won't it be wonderful when we can embrace again? You know? Yes. I mean, it's just the lobby,
1: as much as I hate waiting in lines, I didn't mind waiting in the lobby because there were so many fun people to talk to. I mean, I'm still yeah. in touch with people. Remember how, I remember the first time I met you, I think we had a huge long conversation about shoes. Well, oh we were yes. Just like, I, think I think we did too. Yeah. Becky was there and we were just like, where'd you get those? And, where'd you get, and how have you heard of this store and that store? And you would learn things about, I remember learning t- gardening tips and cooking yes. tips and, you know, like we were just, and directions. Like I, when I first got here, I, the guys were so nice to me. I was like, oh, I'm not getting on a highway. You know, I'm from Detroit. I went to Chicago. I studied at Second City. For years, I worked oh, at Second yeah. City. And I really worked there. Because there's a lot of people in California go, I worked at Second City. It's like, you didn't work at Second City. You took classes at Second City. I right. really worked at Second City. And I yeah. the country for, you know, 33 states in a year and eight months. And I was on stage there. And I won a very nice award there. And and it was fun. And I got here. And I said to the guys at William Morris, I'm afraid to drive. Like, I really wasn't a driver. Oh, yeah.
0: I never yeah. drove,
1: and they would always go. You take the four. Remember how people in the lobby, if you first get here, they'll go. You take the two to the five to the one ten to the ten. I said by the second number, I'm out. I'm not even listening. Right. And the, right. they were so nice to me, and everyone would give you like shortcuts and tips to drive to other places. And really, wh- what a great time! And there were couples that met and married. Oh, absolutely. To- yeah, it was an it was an incredible time to to uh to do voiceovers and be with people and get to read with your you know partners and. It was just really. Fu- I, I I thought it was really fun. I
0: agree. I agreed. There was a community, yeah. and yeah, you know, it's like people got married, had kids, yeah. You found out these tips and even funny things because it was such a great group of people. And and if you were new, people would introduce themselves right. to you, and um, yeah, you'd find out all these tidbits, and then you I don't know. There was there was a lot of laughing. Yes, you know, which was great to the point
1: where so, they would have to come out and tell us to be quiet because they yes. were recording. Yes, yes, <laughs> I know. It was, really, it was really fun. <laughs> was I'm fun. glad I had that experience because a lot of people that I talk to about voiceover they they don't know what I'm talking about. You know, I'm, right. I'm just very grateful that that was that was my experience, and that's thanks to Eric. I mean, Eric C. Yes. was I knew him a little bit in Chicago. It's so funny because I hosted the Joseph Jefferson Awards, which is like. Our Chicago's Tony Awards, and I had oh, won one yeah. year, and it was very exciting because I remember I was in love with Mary Gross from from TV, and she oh, yeah. won in 1981, and there hadn't been another winner till 1991 when I won the award of female in a in a actress in a review. So that was at Second City. So the next year they asked me to host the award show. Well, I did a character named Betty, and Betty's like. I have a little gray wig and glasses with the little rhinestones in the corner. And I was, oh, she talks like, you know, Betty, uh, I I was like hosting the awards. (laughs) And, you know, everyone was just, oh, I was just so excited to be there. And uh, we're going to give out some nice awards and we're going to have chicken dinner, you know, like that. So Eric Seastrain in the audience. So when he knew that I was going to sign on to be, I think he was with ICM at the time, he met me. He said, oh, my God you're so young. Well, he didn't know that I was such a compliment to me. He didn't know that I was like dressing up in a wig. He really thought I was like a senior actress in Chicago.
0: Oh, I love it. So when he met me, he was like, you're so much younger than I
1: thought you were. He had seen me on stage. I thought
0: that was so funny. Yeah. He really set, as a good example, someone who really sets the tone from the top you know right right and and i just really really appreciate We're it. i have
1: to make him tune into this so I he can hear all oh, his I'm compliments
0: call him and say eric you when yeah it's it's nice because sometimes you don't hear those encouragements True. i always tell people like you hear people talking about things and i'm like you need to tell that person because we don't it's it, it's like the uh, your teacher that sent the cookie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you always have that. It's, it's, we need those, especially nowadays, I think. But all right. So you got to LA. And um, one of the, well, before that, I wanted to ask you uh, how you got to LA, but also you have an amazing multicultural background. Yes. And I wanted to know what ways do you feel like it helped you or hindered you in pursuing your dreams? And also, how'd you get to LA? Like, I know part of the path now, Detroit to Chicago, but-
1: Right. This is crazy. So I was in Chicago, and at the time, there was a Neil Simon play, Lost in Yonkers, that was being done in New York, and it won the Pulitzer Prize, I think. And um, the New York producers had to come to Chicago to approve the very first cast to do it off-Broadway. So we were the first production to do the show outside of New York.
0: Very and the, cool. And the
1: producers, Manny Eisenberg, Neil Simon's producer came and they approved all of us. So I was just like, this is the best thing ever. I mean, I loved working at Second City, but doing that play just felt like this is my roots. This is when right. you know, I, I did 25 shows at Michigan State in the Performing Arts Company. And I really loved live theater. And I loved improvisation in Second City, but this was like, I just was so happy. Yeah, we did the show for a month. And my agent at the time said, there's this television show that we want to put you on vcr tape
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so i go and i'm like oh what is this johnny bago I'm Like, what is this it's a guy who's in the mob and then he runs he gets out of prison and he runs on the lamb so he's in a winnebago and he hits his head on the front so he names himself johnny bago because the bago part stamped into his forehead i mean it sounds insane and it was so it was robert zemeckis was the director producer wow yeah. Steve Starkey, who went on to produce unbelievable huge movies. You know, they, were, they called themselves the Chicago Five, but Bob Zemeckis was behind it. And he, at the time, it was right before Forrest Gump.
0: Oh, right. Where they wanted
1: the part of an ex-mafia wife turned parole officer chasing their husband around the country in a Winnebago. So first of all, they were like- <laughs> You have to drive, and I'm like, well, forget it, because I don't know how to drive. And yep. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So I just put it on tape, and then I went off to the theater. And I remember, I get home from the theater one night. I had only done the show for a month, and we were selling out. It was thirty nine dollars a ticket. It was so wow. exciting to be in a show that was yeah. expensive. And oh yeah, we were like putting stools, and we were violating all the fire codes because people were like packed in, you know, to see this show. And I yeah. get a call, Rose, we would like to welcome you to CBS and Johnny Bago, the producers of Johnny, would like to welcome you to the world of Johnny Bago. And I got cast off of VHS tape.
0: You I isn't that amazing.
1: Crazy do you, for something you I still... didn't care about for eight episodes for CBS. So I never knew about going to network, go, you know, doing a pilot uh-huh. going to no, it was eight episodes out of the gate. And all of a sudden, I found myself, I had to learn how to drive in three-hour increments. They were supposed to be (laughs) half-hour classes, and there I was trying to drive. And the first time I drove, I had to drive from the Sheraton Universal to Beverly Hills to get my hair done. Oh, that's a ways. Oh, my gosh. It was crazy. And on the way home, I drove. This is so hard to see. And then I realized after I got back to the hotel that I didn't have my headlights on.
0: Oh my gosh, it was I terrifying. know what you mean. Uh, I know I um, have a friend who, oh my gosh, this just makes none of you ever want to drive in LA. But <laughs> she had come over from Ireland and she said, I got on, I think it was the 101 going Ugh. to the 134. She was going towards Pasadena to some event. And, you know, people, same thing, just get on the 101, one, 134. Yeah. And Stop she with said, the numbers. It's terrifying. And they drive on the other side that, you know, so there's right. that going on too. Oh yeah, yeah. And she said, I just closed my eyes, said a prayer and went across all four <laughs> lanes. And I'm like, Oh my God, I like you are exactly the person where she
1: means. <laughs> yes. And I was, I was like, I'm going to stick to surface streets. It was just terrifying. So the first day on the show, so I had to come here. It was 1992 right. and they said, uh, you get behind the wheel of the Arizona patrol car for whatever reason, I had that. And then they go and hit that mark. So not only am I driving, but there's cameras watching me and I'm hitting a mark. <gasps> oh my they gosh. finally put the camera attached to the front of the car and did a tow shot. So they do that when they pull you along. I yeah. Said to the crew guys, can't it always be like this where I'm just behind the wheel pretending and somebody's pulling me oh off? Oh
0: my gosh. Oh
1: my God. I said, if Uber or Lyft had existed, I probably never would have learned to drive. You know, I truly hated it.
0: It's true now because people do that. I my mother could never believe that I was doing this in L.A. because I grew up in a small town and it was pretty rural. And so they, you know, the directions were always like, "Go west, right. go east." And it's the Midwest and it's flat. Right. And I was the worst. You know, although I have to say, you know, there's weather. So I drove in, you That's know, right. snowstorms and everything easy. else. Yeah. That's not easy. Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't probably as bad as I think, but then I moved to this big city. And for me, it it was so much easier because I'd be like, well, the ocean's west. I get that. Like, right. at least I get what West right. is. It's
1: difficult. Well, remember the Thomas Guide? That big, oh, yeah. That, oh, I wasn't, my God. I'm I still not good out. at
0: reading a map, though. I
1: am so good at reading a map. I'm much better at a map than having the thing talk to me in the car. I don't like oh. that. <laughs> well, I, like they to, can, I plot they can, my route ahead of time.
0: They can mess you up. Yes, they yeah, can. Yeah, I like, you know what I used to do? I actually used to call places, and and I <laughs> I had auditions, and I'd say, um, I'm going to be coming out at two o'clock and I just wanted to know. Uh, and they would give you right, left. I'm a good right, left. So I go, uh-huh. okay, I'd go three blocks to the right and then left. Well, now no one would tell you the directions That's because right. they're like,
1: plug it out. in.
0: Right. I had like a pathetic phone forever. So that. You know, I've really I have to say during this stay at home time, I have upped my knowledge of technology quite Very a bit. Very good.
1: That's but, one good thing is we finally had time to study it and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. But, I mean, this
1: back in the day you had the beeper. I mean, I sound so old, but oh, me, yeah. the beeper would go off. You'd have to pull over, find a pay phone. I remember being on Santa Monica Boulevard, I'd find a payphone, pull over, and they oh you've got a call back for something. And I mean think of how crazy that was. Like it's so much easier now.
0: Oh, I know. I remember uh a beeper. Like when I did, I did the the dubbing for Batman Forever. I was in Nicole Kidman's voice and I was brand new in town and it said I had a beeper and I found a phone, be there in 45 minutes. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, because you know, traffic in LA, but I lived Thanks. closer at least to that. But of course you're not at home always. I was at some other audition or something. So I get there but you know, if you were lost or something, oh my god, you'd be like, oh my god, it's forty-five minutes. I have to be there in forty-five minutes. How? But you know, you now not let anybody just come-
1: know. I mean, it was something else.
0: Well, and the thing is, to me, I don't know about you, because being brought up in the Midwest or just who I am or whatever, my biggest thing was not to be a flake. I mean, Same. I yes. would sooner die almost than. I mean, not really, but I would sooner you know, like yes, it's my the biggest
1: nightmare was not calling
0: and being late. Right. At least if I could call and say, I'll be 15 minutes late, but I will be there. You know, but you just sitting there going, you're stressed about that too. Because There you know, were
1: two people that worked with us at William Morris that said to me, it's don't even worry about sauntering in for a session late. And I was shocked. Yeah. There are two guys. I won't say who they are. Yeah. And It's like a power thing. Oh, yeah. You could walk in like 15 minutes late. I was like, oh my God, I would never. I would have to be around for every session. I mean, for an audition, I might be late, but not for a booking. Oh my gosh. That would be terrible.
0: Well, it's so funny because I remember one time I'm going down the hill into Beverly Hills and something had happened. I can't remember. There's, you know, you get behind a garbage truck or anything like on, there's no way to pass or whatever. And so I'm talking into my phone saying, I'll be- a couple of minutes late because I always would call, but you know, they had some new locks. I did get a ticket in Beverly Hills for talking on the fun ones, being responsible. Oh my and gosh, it was right there they were. So yep. I'm talking into it, and then I realized it didn't send because of bad reception. So then I called and I said, I'm parking, I am so sorry. It was funny, it was like five minutes, and they were like, Yeah, they were like. Kathy, don't worry about it. You're so I know. responsible. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know. It means more to us than anybody else.
0: I know. Oh so um, I
1: didn't like it here though. So in 93, 92, 93, I did the show, eight episodes, a lot of stuff. And I just remember my co-star bought like a hugely expensive Cadillac and I was like, oh, I'm saving my money. And everybody I you. met said the same thing. Save your money, save your money. Save. So I said, okay, if the 18th person says this to me, that must be something to it. So I ended up being able to be very comfortable because I went back to Chicago and I decided to and I did Laughter on the 23rd floor, the second Neil Simon play with the same producers. Oh
0: neat. Oh
1: my gosh, that was a wonderful experience. Cause there I was. I had already done the television show. I'm back in Chicago and I did six months of that show. So oh. it was very exciting to be to have that feel of a Broadway, like eight shows a week, six months. Yeah. You really got to know your cast. Great, great people. I'm still in touch with all of them today. And yeah. then After that, I started to come back and forth. So for seven years, I just would come for pilot season, book something. I'm very lucky. Almost every pilot season. I don't think I passed one without getting a little something. Go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, in November of 2001, I decided, you know, 9-11 had happened and I was living above a liquor store in Chicago, this darling apartment in Andersonville in Chicago And I am, my father was born in Detroit. My family is American. My grandfather was Lebanese. So I had a next door neighbor who was also Lebanese. The people who owned the liquor store were Palestinian. It felt like the most unsafe time to be just in Chicago. It just Mm. felt unsafe. Everywhere felt unsafe. It was 9-11. I mean, nothing like that had ever happened. And I remember feeling like, well, if I met my friend, Susie Nakamura, a very talented actress, lived in West Hollywood. She said, if you're ever thinking about it, what are you waiting for like why not do it now
0: yeah
1: so i was 30 i think i was 38 i decided to come here do you know that it was november 1st i had done a little movie in chicago and it was premiering here they had a little screening at amblin so i came for the movie premiere the very first big audition i had was gypsy gilmore girls
0: oh and
1: it was my birthday's november 28th november 30th was that audition
0: Wow. And my friends
1: had a cake for me and they said, make a wish. So every
0: year I would wish for a job. Every year Yeah, oh I know. We don't care if we work on our birthday.
1: Or yeah, tonight, like I was like, know? I
0: want a job, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah. And and right before they lit the candles on the cake, I got the phone call, like, Oh, you got this episode of the Gilmore Girls. I was like, Oh, cool. So I thought, all right, well, it doesn't make sense to wish for a job. I just literally just hung up the phone and got a job a month after being here, deciding to move yeah. here. And then I wished for love, and I was like, "What a dumb one, I wish I could take that back that's a stupid wish. I just wasted a birthday wish on love and the Aww. very next day, I went to an art gallery and I met the guy who ended up I married him oh so oh I married is- so I said no more girls and and true love came to me all in the same little piece of November two thousand
0: one I just love that too. I mean, you know a couple of things hit me here is that through really some tragic things, you know, 9-11 yes. and not great circumstances all the way around, you come out and I think sometimes as actors, particularly, and as women, we feel like, oh, if we don't get to this certain level by a certain age and do this and, you know, or even just security, you know, yeah. like, oh, should I, you know, should I make that big leap? And and to be honest, West Coast versus East Coast, Midwest, or cities, sometimes you're even thinking a car, like there's big purchases and things yeah. like that and moving costs. And and to have it affirmed in both those ways yeah. is, but if that hadn't happened, even though you wish it wouldn't have happened, but you know how something good can come out of
1: Absolutely. tragic
0: things too. It's, it's interesting. Well, did you feel like... Um, did you feel like you knew that Gilmore Girls was going to be a hit right away? No, or?
1: not even a little. And I just thought, oh, I got this part. She's a she's an auto mechanic on this show, Gilmore Girls. And I think I had heard of it because it was on one season. I think Gypsy starts in season. I really don't remember. The fans know everything, like the back of their hands oh, in know. season two or something. But I had seen like a couple things. I thought, oh, they're so cute. I just remember thinking they both had such so beautiful blue eyes but I just knew that it was on the CW and a lot of people like where I was from would be like, well, that's the CW. Cause they just oh, knew yeah. NBC, but you know, they didn't know. Now they have a million channels now, it seems like so long ago. And I remember trying to explain to people what it was and it was on the WB. And then I don't know, it was like, I couldn't explain to people what it was. It really gained its popularity in streaming, I think. I mean, it was really like when it was on TV, we didn't get that great of ratings. And we were, I think every year we were like, oh, it's coming back. Oh, great. But I remember thinking I was in one. And when I got a call, no, you're going to do another, you're going to recur. I was like, what's that? Like, I didn't know. Right. I I was very excited. So I think I did like 25 of them.
0: Isn't that interesting too? Like I think that's something that anyone listening who's an artist is that there is so much of that where, you know, one of the great things is it's different every time you go do it. But I think sometimes we feel like everybody always knows things and that's where a community, like I really feel for people now because you would, like whether you're sitting around in the lobby or you're in an audition or whatever, sometimes yeah. you can kind of ask like, am I the only one that doesn't know what that means or, right, right. you know, whatever, or your yeah. agent will actually say do blah, blah, blah. Cause it's just like, you, you jump in and I think actors are pretty intuitive because I remember doing um, a little job on Last Man Standing. It was like, I had a little reoccurring thing and there was um, a new girl and we were supposed to go to, basically I went over to the window. I thought, I don't know, you'll get it when I tell the story. Anyway, someone got mad at her for not going. And oh. I, I remember thinking you know, sometimes on set, a little sharp, sometimes, a lot of times very nice. But I remember thinking, oh, I don't think anybody told us to walk over there, but I just kind of knew because they were setting up and I'd heard last shot. You know what I'm saying? I thought, gosh, if that was the first time I set, I don't think somebody said, and now go over to the window or what, you know what I'm saying? Like some sets you get that and some you're just kind of like, some you do not. I mean, it's like, oh,
1: that's the thing. If I had to go back, and people have asked me, and I have gone back to Michigan State, I think, I, and I went to University of Wisconsin to teach a couple. Like, you know, just students want to ask questions about someone yeah. who's been in the business, and I said, if you if you want to be thinking about your, you have to know your stuff. You have to know. Like you, your lines and and your motivation, everything, just have that down cold because so many people will either not talk to you or too many people will talk to you.
0: Yeah. there's no in
1: between. There's no either that either you won't have any idea and you just got to intuitively suss it out or you're a guest star and all of a sudden three people are talking to you at the same time and seventeen people are touching you. And I said yeah. it's business <laughs> if you can't concentrate <laughs> through people touching you. That's why I have to tell you I worked very recently. This is my first job you know, post COVID. And they did, yes. they did a test then another test and another test. And then we're on set. And I said, Oh my gosh, this is kind of in a weird way better for me because less people touch you all day. Yeah. Not that I'm, like, I'm not like a Bill Maher. Who hates did you being have touched, to zip,
0: zip into a like, pod?
1: Well, I didn't zip into a pod. They gave me a big shield. And then you had to take the shield off, put it in the drawer. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things, but all day long, the thing about Gilmore Girls is there were, the touching they're the nicest people ever but it was like the t- touch the makeup person has to touch you and that's why I loved this hairstyle I chose that for my first audition and oh, I yeah just kept it the same way because very little has to be done to maintain pigtails if you've got any kind of curly hairdo I don't know when you work on camera they have to adjust it and touch it, oh, and yeah. spray it between every take I don't think people who don't do this for a living realize how many times people touch you and the well, wardrobe that's when, people, they have to do it because they have to adjust this and adjust that. It's just very time consuming.
0: Well, and it's, you know, in a way, like once you've had it done, you kind of go, oh gosh, they're watching out for things like exactly. the wispy hair flying yes. or the.
1: They have to do their job. So you have to be super, super patient because everybody, they're not just doing it because they're trying to look busy. They really have to do it. But my point is there's a lot of stage actors who I think they wouldn't put up with that for a oh, second. Be well, like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking of this picture I took last year where, you know, I'm trying to do a, a selfie of like a whole, like it was a family picture and I look and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's a nice picture. We were all together. And then I look and I've buttoned Wrong, you know, like I it's uneven, and I'm like, oh "Oh, Oh, gosh, that's why those people are there. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's right. I cropped that out, and I'm like, no, it's like, but I remember I was really cold because you know, your blood does thin when you're out in California. Because I always used to laugh when people were like, oh my gosh, they're wearing Uggs, it's not that cold, you know,
1: it is. I'm cold all the time, I'm cold right now,
0: yeah. It, yeah, it's w- the
1: strangest thing. It's like I I feel like oh I'm not hardy at all. Compare I could you know run out. You could run to the mailbox in the Midwest, in Michigan. We'd just like run go get the mail without a coat. Now oh, I, I bundle up for everything. I can't even go in my own garage in December here without bundling up. Although yeah. I don't like that this week. Like it's October here. Okay, now it's supposed to be in the nineties. Ooh, I don't like that.
0: I know you know I, that's why I wore the orange <laughs> shirt even though yeah. no, we're doing audio because I was like. I'm fall. going to pretend it's fall. That's right. I it's a, fall. I bought a pumpkin this weekend and it just made me feel better. But yes. it was a little more fall like this winter. So I mean this weekend. So yes. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, I know you do uh TV, film, and voiceover. So I kinda I'm asking this question, I kinda wouldn't like this question myself, I guess, because <laughs> I love to act. That's a, that would be my, but if you had to choose between those three, what would be your favorite?
1: Between TV, film, or voiceover.
0: And, and I should put theater in there as well. You know what? I think voiceover.
1: This is what I feel like lately. I really would love to do, I got a taste of it and now I love it, animation. Because I love that you're not limited by your look. I yeah. love that you don't have to sit in hair and makeup, even though, I mean, I love, there's so many great hair and makeup people, but I'm reaching an age where I'm like, really, we gotta do that? Yeah,
0: I, 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 I just want the lighting person to follow yes, me around.
1: exactly. Because <laughs> it's like, no matter how great they are, if you don't have that lighting person in your pocket. But I really love the idea of creating a full character where I, you know, she could look like anything. I I like voice acting. It, you know, I, I know what you
0: mean. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I mean, there's things I miss about the other, and, and, and I want to jump back into that a bit more. But I don't know if you know this about me, Rose, but I started out in the theater. So I did the whole summer stock. I Fantastic. did three national tours where I did like that Broadway schedule like you're talking about. And I, anyway won't get into the whole thing, but there was some soap stuff on the East Coast and then it got canceled. So I, that, I came to the West Coast partly because I did want a life a little bit more. You know, I thought oh, it would be nice. I want to get married, have kids. I, uh-huh. you know, I was, I met my husband out here too, but I just felt like I wanted a little more Monday through Friday. Um, I always thought sitcom would be great because yes, it was a schedule, more of that.
1: Especially yeah. if you get a sitcom with kids on it.
0: Yes,
1: because then they have to leave to go to school and then your hours are shorter. That's my goal.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would love
1: that. And I always like, I want an indoor dressing room. Like I'm not a person who loves like camping or roughing it or having a trailer in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, it's been very exciting. And I've had a lot of projects like that, but it's sort of like, Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't really like being
0: uncomfortable. Yeah. Crafty buggy. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. But I think, I think voiceover, um, and it's interesting because we started doing some audio dramas as well as animation. Is that uh, my husband, who's a writer producer? But I think it's the best of like theater. Yeah, it's kind of the best of both. Yeah, because because you can like in theater, you don't have to be the age that. It w- in fact, I was laughing at some of the you know Guys and Dolls. I played Adelaide too. How you fun! You know, I'm just looking like would Rose and I play the same. Role. Well, we might in voiceover, we might in theater.
1: Right, in but voiceover, you're not would- limited to, I, I mean, that was yeah. crazy. I would never be considered Adelaide in the real world. Just in high school, there could be a Lebanese Dominican, you know, dark haired Adelaide. Like that would just wouldn't happen in, well, you it, know, in, the, la- in the theater world.
0: Oh yeah, I laugh too because Rose, I think I played a lot of character roles. Mm-hmm. And then when I got into professional, I got a lot of ingenue roles. But I never thought of myself that way. And oh, I that's think funny. He,
1: See, I think of you as an ingenue. As, I thought, when I met you, I was like, she's Betty Grable's distant, distant, great, 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 great granddaughter.
0: <laughs> I love that you know who that is, actually. Yes.
1: Betty Grable,
0: <laughs> mother you, wore tights. Yeah. It's so funny. I, are you related? Well, I always say probably from the same part of Europe. That's about it. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, just I, because, because I researched I would just the tell, name. People, yeah, if you just tell people you are, you are. That's what I should have done Yeah, probably, you just say Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, it's so. It was kind of interesting when my first professional job I got cast as the stock on ingenue, like in a company, and then I, you know, I played hodl and Fiddler on the Roof all over the country. Oh, like you know, then sure. they they hire you for those things. And- so do you love to
1: sing? Oh yeah, I do. Oh, I I, love I do it. sing. Yeah. You have such a beautiful voice. I listened to your demo last night. I was like, wow. Aww, you, you've done eight million th- like every product for the people listening. If there's a product you've used, she's advertised it to you. Oh, you're
0: sweet. It's fun with voiceover too, because yeah. people will say, do you think I've ever heard your voice? And I said, oh God. probably, but you had no idea. You, you had know? no idea. I love that too. Cause
1: you, and you don't sound always the same. Like, you know how people you go, you hear them, but are you ever in your car and you're listening to the radio and you're like, I know, I know that person, but I can't uh-huh. think of who it is. Oh, that drives me nuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a fun part of voiceover. And then yeah. you've, you've worked on Madagascar, right? Yes, yes. was so funny because I was just with one of the producers
1: yesterday and I said, I signed an NDA. Am I allowed to talk about it? She goes, I really don't know. So it's like, am I allowed to tell people? Because it really, it just started. But I'm so proud of it. I have to tell people that I did it. I well, played is- a couple of people on there. It's the new, new um, Madagascar A Little Wild, the TV <gasps> series version of Madagascar.
0: Oh, I Very love it. Exciting, okay, so yeah. we're going to be at And listening. Hotel
1: Transylvania. That was one of my favorite jobs ever. And this is cool. I was telling my niece this. You never know who's going to remember you because in 1988, I did a show with the writers from Saturday Night Live. They happened to be on strike. They were in Chicago. I did a theater show with them. I went to Beverly Hills and did the show for the summer with them. 20 years later, almost to the day, one of the producers, Robert Smigel, who does Triumph and Comic oh, yeah. Dog called me to say, we'd love to have you in Hotel Transylvania 20 years after I'd met him. Wow. And I had never seen him in between, in the in-between. So I did Hotel Transylvania 1 and 2 and a little short film that plays before Hotel Transylvania 3. So I'm really proud of that
0: love that. That that goes to show that they say never change your phone number or your right. email or anything like that. Or never give up or never think that, oh, no one's thinking about me because somebody might be. That's
1: That was right. a good lesson in that.
0: It truly, truly is. I love that. And Hotel Transylvania, time of year to, I'm yes. going to put that on my list. I love doing those holiday, you know. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. This time of year to listen to that. That That's so fun. And I love that story. That's great. Um, Robert Smigel. Oh yeah. I got to audition. Uh, I, sometimes I do sound alikes and it was for Elizabeth Warren. I have to say, oh. I think I do a pretty good Elizabeth Warren, but it was for one of those, but I didn't get it. But I just, you know, those fun projects that you can yeah. watch this for years. I love to do this, you know, kind of thing. That's really fun. That's a great story. All right. So, um, I, w- I was going to say if you had I often ask if you advice to tell someone advice if they were getting into the business or to actors just starting to be in the business, but I also think it's for those of us who are persevering in the business. You know, I'm I'm going to add that because I think during this time of COVID, there's a little of a shift of like everybody's yeah. tired. Yeah. So. What advice would you give to an actor or an artist? Maybe because this is what I'm trying to tell myself too, that if you
1: start to feel like, what's the point of all of this? It's okay to want to take a break. Mm -hmm. I'm telling myself that, that it's just like, I started worrying because I thought, oh, I still got to do this. I'm not at retirement age.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Starting to
1: feel like, oh, another self-tape. Because what I realized I loved is the joy of, okay, get the audition. Now I have to pick out an outfit. I love that part of it. Yeah. And right now in my closet, I turned a whole room into a closet in my house because I really just love the part where I go, she would wear this sweater, this, yes. dress, this particular bracelet, this purse. Like I'm, I'm very detailed and I almost outside in where it's like in city. I used to say, give me a person. I'll give you a character. Like I just, I like to work that way. Yeah. And now that I'm by myself, you don't have to get in the car, go to the audition. I like that interaction. Just what we were talking about before with the casting director. Yeah. So I'm finding self tapes, very, very challenging. So I thought you have I agree. to find the joy in just, this is, I remember Brian, Cranston said this, and I just remember thinking, that's how I feel, right? I just, I'm such a fan of his. I got to work with him I'm out yeah. in the Middle. That You know, look at every audition as this is my chance to act today. Well, yes. I have found lately, like for the last six months, it's like, I don't want to I just want to be quiet and do something else. Like I don't want to act today, but I thought, all right, this is still, I'm very grateful for these opportunities for self tapes. This is my chance to act today. So no one's going to see you. You just have to do it for the joy of just doing it for yourself. So the last couple self tapes I've, I've enjoyed more than the first few where I was like, I don't know where to stand. I got to learn how to use a camera and lighting. You got to be everybody. You got to be the, you know, Michael Lassie was saying that in his post that you have to be the cameraman you have to be the lighting you have to do the you know all that stuff yeah but it's just still trying to find the joy of creating a different person and it's difficult I think it's it's really hard but it's fun and I admire these young kids who want to get into this because nowadays you can do your own like Whatever they do. I'm so old. It's like they get on the TikTok or the YouTube yeah. or whatever. They can make their own videos and promote their own work yeah. and get seen that way. And I, I really admire that kind of self-starting. I don't know if I would have done that when I was starting out, if, if, if that was the way that people became known and got shows. Because you know, as well as I do, people get cast because they've got a big you know YouTube following or whatever. Maybe YouTube's even outdated now. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They can do their own stuff. That's well, cool.
0: And, and I think what's hard, like for me, and even when out of my comfort level during COVID was, um, I totally can relate to this so much of what you're saying, but I feel like we were all probably self starters in a different way, Yeah. but it's all of that technology. But the, the other thing that really hits me is the, I think. I didn't want it to be about me. I liked being a character, right. and not that it wasn't honest. I mean, I really think you have to bring yourself to it. Right. But it wasn't Kathy Grable or what. You know what I mean? I. Mm-hmm. So you and even in voiceover, it's not like, and it's just I think some of that social media thing that seems so uncomfortable because I talk to a lot of actors who've done this for a while feels so uncomfortable because it's like. I don't really want it to be me. It just feels so silly or something. But if I've done something, no problem. You know, like I'll jump right in there and do it. And so I think that's part of what's different about just doing TikTok or something. You're like, oh, it's me dancing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that feels so...
1: I love watching them. I don't think I would ever do one, but I like watching other people's.
0: Well, my daughter caught me a couple of times. Like as she caught my husband, he goes, are you putting this on some, you know what I mean? Like That's when so you're funny. all living together. And so we were laughing because we were so out of it. We we're like, oh, could she do that? I guess she could do that, you know? That's funny. Um, yeah, because he kept, she was saying, oh, dad, you know, touch your shoulder, do this. You know, we were so out of it. It was probably the latest thing we didn't know about now <laughs> when we learned. But I, I love that if you can, if I can find the purse, I'll find the character because you know what? I've been trying Rose and this is something I really have to, look. you know, when people say to you, you take different classes and different things and it's like, is it being real? Be real, be honest, be real. And, you know, what's so great about voiceovers, you don't have, you can be in your sweats, you can be in this. And I always felt like if I put on the a costume, if I did this, Absolutely. if I found that, it helped. And then you go, oh, you shouldn't go from the outside in the inside out. And I, I've tried all the different practices and disciplines, and I and I really think that's great with voiceover because it's so fast. Like right. it's almost like cold reading; you just get it thrown in front of you. But um, I, it, two things. One is a friend of mine whose whose uh, daughter. You know these these poor kids are doing all this online stuff, and they mm-hmm. could be you know in their bedroom doing it, on the couch doing it, whatever. And she said one of her. Her daughter's friend said, you know, if I put my shoes on, I'm ready for the day. And I love that. I love that. And I thought, you know what? I ha- My husband said the other day I had a job and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm getting dressed for it.
1: Yes, I know it. And I think we talked about that when I met you. We were like, yeah. I love an outfit. And I miss that. And I really feel like, I mean, even Hotel Transylvania too, I was lucky enough to have a character that was just for me, like drawn for me. And yeah. I dressed like an airline ticketing agent and I went to do the voiceover for that in a blazer and a little scarf that I picked out because I felt like her when I was doing it yeah. and it helped a lot. I, I sometimes I can't, I can't do it. Like when people make videos and they're just, well, I don't have shoes on right now, but you know, like yeah. for your show, I didn't do that, but I usually feel like the clothes do help yeah there's a podcast i love listening to michelle collins i think she's she's so hilariously funny she's a podcast called midnight snack and she was saying that she got a lot of good feedback after she started putting a bra (laughs) She (laughs) goes, during covid i'm just at home without my bra and she goes and you know and i took that information in like people really responded better to the show when she hiked up the she put herself in a bra and and it seemed to go better and i just thought that was so funny
0: I think that's great because, you know, I feel like I've done the curve already. Like at first being an actor, you know, I'd come on and I'd be coaching someone or teaching a class and I'd be like, oh, ready to go, you know, put makeup on, shower to go. And I remember people you know, at first we're like in sweats and everything else. And then we're also where all the fires have been. So talk about that was so tough. You could not go outside, honestly could hardly tell night and day for a while. And you just couldn't breathe the air. So to me that month was, and it was really September 6th when it started. Right, Clear until really this last week is the first time I felt like going out, you weren't, you wanted a mask just for the air, let alone COVID. That's right. COVID. And so, all of a sudden, I was like, you know, I felt like I was showing up in a t-shirt and whatever. Oh, you got me all natural. And it's just like this week where the air's gotten a little cleaner. It's got, you know, I went and got yeah. a pumpkin. I mean, it sounds silly, but it's yes. like no, I know I can exactly breathe. What you mean.
1: Absolutely, yeah, I can
0: breathe. Yeah. so All right. So, do you want to? Uh, let's see if there's anything else. Then maybe we can play a little bit um if if you oh i want to know this rose because i love talking to you because i think you're um who inspires you
1: performers what performance wise or just any anybody i
0: think you can say both like performance and i think i mean i love watching
1: like you know Comic actresses today, my you know some of my favorites. Like I love Melissa McCarthy, mm-hmm. and I love. Um, well, I loved watching Lauren Graham. I mean, she's hilarious. Yeah, really, really great comedian actress. And yes. Sutton Foster. You know, I've gotten to work with some great people like that. And um, as far as professional, like old, I love old movies. You know, I love Alec- I Alexander did. Billings is one of my favorite actresses. She's been stage actress in Chicago, and then she was on Transparent. And I've just known her forever. And she's someone who, when she's on TikTok, it's mesmerizing. Like, I could just, I wow. love watching her. And, um, you know, there's people, yeah, there's stuff, shows I look forward to. But for Pete Personal, my mother, my mother's 93 oh. years old. She had open heart surgery when she was 86. Wow. And she does stuff every, talk about she always puts on an outfit every day. And she's always, she paints miniature scenes on Christmas ornaments that people are, oh. they're jaw-droppingly beautiful. And she's so she has to do something every day. So she inspires me. Sometimes if I'm sitting around, I go, well, my mom would be doing something. Like in a way, yeah. it's not good because I feel like I can't even relax. But even she just does something creative every day.
0: Yeah, every day. I love that. And so
1: that. I she's a huge inspiration
0: to me. That's so cool. All right. So, Juna, let's play a little bit. I, I honestly have not looked at this more than reading through it once. And then years ago when I got it... Um, and I think I've coached some, uh, you know, I've I probably pulled it out for that, but I haven't really looked at it. This angry beavers, did you see, do you have that? Other it thing? should be with the release. I got it, I got it, I got it. I have, just I'm have. plugged through? into what? the Mac and
1: now I'm in the, is it Daggett?
0: Daggett, and, and I was gonna do Daggett and you do Norbert. You just run, do Norbert. read through it, okay. I'll do Norbert, yep. Okay, so we're beavers. That's all I really okay, know about beavers. it too. Okay, I haven't okay. seen
1: this, I'll just do it. Okay. Yep.
0: Stupid television. It hasn't worked right since winter started. Well hit it again. Hey,
1: we have a picture. Hey, we have snow just like outside.
0: Yeah, but the snow outside is free. We got to pay the cable jerks 20 bucks a month for this.
1: I know. I know. The TV continues to come on and go on the fritz. But there ain't nothing I can do about it. I'm
0: doomed.
1: I'm hungry. How about some microwave Lincoln Logs?
0: why? We're gonna die anyway. And in the spring, they'll find my little beaver skeleton and say, poor Daggett, he was trapped inside his house with nothing to do. Oh, woe is little Daggett, if only he'd been able to get out or even if his TV had worked.
1: Oh, woe is little Daggett, please. Give me a break.
0: No, listen, Norbert, I'm not kidding. What if I'm trapped in here so long that I become a blubbering idiot? Ooh. You're already a blubbering. Uh-huh. See,
1: I told you. I told you it'd happen. Oh, no, you're saying you're bored. Oh, you got cabin fever and you want out of here? Yes. Well, there you have it. Why go into a
0: panic? Some help you are. Mm. <laughs> Adorable. I mean, that was totally cold for us. Well, why
1: aren't we Norbert and Daggett and real and all the time? Why isn't there I know? Well, I don't Norbert think
0: it's I don't think it's running, but I think we should be Norbert well, and Daggett. Well, it should be. Yeah. Love so it. what? What would you? What would you do different? What do you think? What would I do different? Yeah, I'd know it better. <laughs> yeah, I would. As I wouldn't well. have just
1: looked at it, but i um, uh, nothing. It was stellar.
0: There's I think nothing, it was stellar
1: too. There was nothing that could be improved. That was three pages of beaver wonderfulness by the two <laughs> of us.
0: Well, I loved it. Go have a wonderful, wonderful audition. I need Break to do one, one um, tie-in
1: because we're on Beavers. Stefan Cox, do you remember him? From William yeah. Morris? And Lori yeah. Lori Colwell, our hilarious duo that have a nightly show. I think it's nightly. The only show, they call it. They live in Seattle. I believe it's Seattle. Somewhere in Washington. Okay. And they have a beaver cube.
0: The oh. beaver cube
1: has become a thing on the show. So I make miniature food. I make miniature <gasps> things out of clay. And they're all over my Instagram. You can see them at, at Rose Abdu.
0: I actually liked that. Page. Those were so cute. I didn't even think Thank about you. it and when I, sculpt, I So I
1: sculpted them a tiny beaver cube and sent oh. it to them. And they, they put it on their show. They do the nightly show on Facebook. But I thought that was so funny that they have this beaver joke. They have a joke about beavers. I mailed them a beaver cube. I know you from the same place. I know them, and you asked me to do a beaver sketch.
0: And so I didn't even put it all, together. And isn't I it just, funny?
1: its all about the beavers. So I just had to tie that in.
0: Well, Maybe I thought it was up. funny because we're all we're all closed in now. That's that, right. I think that was one reason. And I thought, oh, we'd be good beavers. That's okay, right. Okay, that was the way to end it. Thank you, Rose, and Thank you. best of luck. And I hope we see each other at a job or. Out in life, or even down the street
1: in 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 the small cute town of Montrose.
0: Yeah, yeah. that'd be good. Get a frog. Thanks, Kathy. It right. was fun to
1: talk to you today.
0: Thank you so much. Thank All you. Right. Bye. Take care. Bye. I cannot thank Rose for taking a break in her busy schedule to chat with me. I hope it was inspirational for you and a spark to keep you on track to pursue your career or just exercise your creative gifts. And maybe you'll do a little binge watching of Gilmore Girls, which hit a 20-year anniversary this year. Next episode, I'll be talking with another multi-hyphenate, Shun Li Fong, a writer, actor, voice talent, cellist, lawyer, teacher... Who heads a nonprofit? He's about as well rounded as anyone in Hollywood, so don't miss it. And I think you're going to want to find out about this organization as well. Lots to learn from his wisdom. Thanks for spending time with us. For more information about In My Voice podcast, visit Kathy Grable Studios.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, get tips about breaking into voiceover, info about our scripted podcast, and more. Until then, Be at peace, hug your loved ones, and use your voice to speak truth and have fun. I'm Bren Hoff, your announcer. Bye for now.